Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in the third and final hour of the program here this morning. And uh, if you want to call in again, 508-996-0500 or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. And let me, um, let me bring up some of those because we got a few that came in. Uh, we said JJ in Fairhaven says nobody is willing to state the obvious. There are just too many people time to toss away the welcome mat policies that created this situation. Well, there's a housing crunch everywhere, not just in the city. There's problems with people being able to afford rent everywhere, not just in the city. So that narrative is incorrect. Uh, let's see. Jeff uh, in New Bedford says, great, let's revitalize regular people into homelessness. The median wage in New Bedford is $29,000. It's going back to our discussion uh, with Lisa White. Um, Sharky in New Bedford says, generational wealth cannot build renting. And uh, Herb in New Bedford says, I was wondering how much the train coming to New Bedford has affected rent in the city. What is your opinion? And I know that that's something that people are looking at. And they're saying, yeah, the rents are going up because they're expecting people to come from Boston and wanted to live close to the train. I don't know how much that is the case. Because as I mentioned yesterday, I don't know how much people are going to be willing to make a 90-minute ride into work every day on the train and a 90-minute ride back home every day. And that's assuming there's no delays. That's assuming that they don't get held up at a station for, you know, 10 minutes or any of those things that can happen. Anybody that's taken the commuter rail train from Lakeville knows, you know, it's not always exactly what the predicted time is for it. If it was going through the proposed Stoughton route and it was a shorter ride, maybe. But even then, I'd still feel like, you know, it's it seems like a great distance for people that live and work in the city now to want to come out here and live. I think it's, uh, you know, it's it, when they move to Lakeville, when they move to Brockton, when they move to Plymouth, even it's a little bit different than coming all the way down to the South coast. And, and you know, not just, not just New Bedford, but the Taunton and the fall river uh, opportunities as well. So, I think that it's not necessarily that it's affecting it. Maybe some landlords are looking at that and saying like, oh, I'm going to be able to raise my rent to, you know, just under Boston prices because it'll still be better than being in Boston. I think what the problem is here is that we are seeing rents go up everywhere. The suburbs rent is going up really high as well. So a house that might have cost somebody $1,200 a month to rent a couple of years ago is now costing them over $2,000. Uh, I saw somebody put up an apartment in Taunton yesterday and it was a three bedroom I believe I'd have to double check because I'm in some of those Facebook groups where they post the apartments and all that just to keep an eye on it to have an idea of what's going on because I always know people that are looking and 
it was, I think it was three bedrooms, one bathroom, and it was $2,000 a month. And I think that that's probably for a three bedroom for a lot of folks that they're probably going to look at that and say, wow, that's, that's pretty low. There were a number of people that were interested. So it goes to show that maybe that is a good price people are willing to pay, but we're seeing that happen all over the place. Uh, the, the rents going up can be exacerbated by the fact that the train might be coming in, but it's happening anyway. And so I think the solutions that are coming in need to be made around that. And the other part of it too is the train's coming anyway. You can't do anything about it. It's happening. Everybody that still wants to hold on to the hope that South Coast Rail won't happen, you you can forget that now because it's it's coming. It'll be here by the end of the year. How sustainable it will be, whether or not it sticks around for very long, I don't know, but it's happening. And so if it's happening, we can stop looking at that as and, and demonizing that as the boogeyman that's causing all these problems and instead look for solutions that we can adjust to around it. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Hey, Tim, how you doing? Good, how are you? You know, in regards to the rents, it's exactly what you said. Uh, you know, it's all over the place and all through the whole country that rents have gone up significantly, especially when, you know, if, uh, you know, uh, certain entities start raising their rent, you know, this place like Wi-Fi, you know, hey, you can get more money for that place, you know, everybody else is going up, you know. Um, uh, you know, people from even like from the Cape, you know, that were, you know, looking for a place to live a little bit cheaper, they would go to New Bedford, Fall River, and those places like that. And um, even, but even in those areas, they've gone up high. And I think also, uh, you know, uh, Section Eight causes rents to go up because they'll offer say say uh, uh, one bedroom was going for twelve fifty. You know, Section 8 will give them 1600 you know. Um, so a lot of people that live out of town, you know, gravitate to, well, I'm just going to take the money, you know, and, and, and rent to a person uh, that has a voucher. They don't have to worry about them not, you know, going on COVID or et cetera, et cetera, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of factors that, that play a part in this. And, and I think, you know, to have good solutions, you have to have solutions that can address all of those different factors. Because otherwise, one will continue to drive it up while you're trying to mitigate the others. So, you know, the conversation is there to say, maybe we do have to take another look at how Section 8 housing is working. Maybe we do have to take another look at how, you know, 40B affordable housing is working for people. Like, I think it's all got to be something that is examined to solve this crisis because it is, I mean, we talk about it being a crisis in New Bedford, but it's not just in New Bedford. Still there? Okay. All right. Well, 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Yes. Good morning, Tim. How are you? Oh, I'm here. Uh, question is, prices may be what they are. Maybe there's a lot of people that are living in the same tenement and they pull together uh, monies to meet these high increases. But when when the whole thing, you know, explodes, what are you going to do with these people who may not have any any housing at all? Are they going to be out on the street? Uh, maybe we ought to go back, and I don't want to call it that, but having some sort of poor farm type of thing or, or whatever where people could go to, to get some basic housing. 
And again, I know after World War II, the projects, as they are called, uh, were made, but that's going to take a time to do and everything. So uh, it, it's all right to say, well, this is the free market and this and that and the other. But uh, again, too, I can see happening what happened in 2008 with the prices of houses went out and all kinds of people were buying houses at exorbitant prices. And all of a sudden, the bottom fell out of it and the banks owned them again. You know, so... Uh, you know, I, the, the question is, for humanity's sake, what are you going to do with people who can't afford these places? They're going to be out in the street. You know, talk about Hoovervilles during the Depression. I think it'd be worse than, than that. Yeah, I mean, and when you look at the way that uh, the reaction has been from people, I'm I'm actually pretty happy that a lot of the reaction has been from folks not so much at least on this program it might not be it might have been different on other shows but it, it's been an approach of how reasonable is that how reasonable is that from what you would expect from landlords how you know it's not been something like you know well people should be able to take care of themselves and if they don't have enough money for rent go get a job no yeah. i think people are sympathetic to the fact that folks are struggling to be able to remain in their homes that's right i i, I just don't see a, a solution on the horizon that's all and again to have uh, there's enough homeless people around as it is you know if you look for them and uh, to see uh, families uh, out on the street uh, this is not the America I, I knew you know and I, I don't you know I don't know uh, what what the solution is it's uh, it's really a, a sad thing that in this country we're, we're coming to this uh, you know uh, uh, I see a, a, a ray for me and boo for you attitude. Again, not with the private person that lives in the house or a, a single owner that owns uh, some, some properties. But, I mean, these corporate uh, forces that are coming in and speculating that we're going to have uh, high rents down here and have people live here and work in Boston, which I don't think is going to happen. Uh, it could explode in a couple of years that, hey, nobody's, you know, going into these higher price things and now all of a sudden everything comes tumbling down and whoever financed the the, the owning of these properties is going to end up owning it and eating it and taking a loss on it and all that sort of stuff it, it it's just a very sad situation uh you know i and again i don't have a solution but uh yeah uh i, I would hope that you know if there's individual people that own properties and they have good tenants uh they don't gouge them and they you know uh, only have an increase that reflects what they have to pay in taxes and stuff like that and not try to, you know, ex exploit, you know, uh, uh, people that are not having enough means. Or like the gentleman that called earlier today about uh, being on a fixed income and, and trying to, you know, stay where he is. Uh, uh, it, it's, it's just disheartening, that's all I can say. Uh, you know, and it's a hooray for me and boo for you attitude. The co the corporate forces, too, that are speculating and buying, I think even on one of your commercials, yeah, we buy houses, all kinds of houses. We don't care what kind of house and this and that and the other. I don't know if those guys own that or they just uh, working for somebody. And, you know, they, they, they break the news to the tenants about how to think, hey, what do you want me to do? My boss told me to tell you this and or the corporation told me to tell you this. Uh, I think that's one of the things, too, that's, that's making these things go very high. Not the individual owner that, you know, an individual person like uh, that Lisa White who lives in the city and stuff like that. She may be well off and everything, but uh, uh, that's that's not a corporate force, you know, uh, that's, you know, uh, got a, you know, a LLC or whatever, a limited liability corporation that you can't go after them and stuff like that. It's 
just disheartening. I, again, look around the, the city if you look and you can see that there's people having tough times and, and to think that families would be out and with children and everything. That's, yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, that's the, the, the harsh reality of it. That's what happens. All right. Well, thank you for the call. All right. All right. Spooky. Take care. You as well. Yeah. Bye-bye. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, he mentioned the poor farm, and there's there's this idea of that the the poor farm, when we talk, especially when we talked about the one in New Bedford, I mean, the one in Fairhaven here that was across the street from where I am now, uh, when I did the story about the stone wall, which, you know, uh, Dave had uh, recommended to me, and people saw that story, and they're like, oh, well, it was nice when you had benefactors who would take care of the poor people. Well, no, Henry Rogers only built the building when they moved the poor farm. The poor farm... That was in Fairhaven on the other side, predated Henry Rogers' wealth. So they already had a, a poor farm, an operating poor farm in this in Fairhaven prior to that. They are they had one in New Bedford, they had one in Westport, they had one every town around here, or most towns around here had their version of that that poor farm, which is really, you know, the formal name of it was the almshouse where they would take care of those who couldn't take care of themselves, who didn't have somewhere to live, who didn't have the means to, to feed themselves and clothe themselves. And it was something that was in the town's budget that the town took care of those citizens that could not take care of themselves. And I tried to look through and find like historical examples of people that were railing against having to help the destitute, saying, like, why should my tax money go toward helping the destitute? And I can't find any of that. So when did that change? When when did that become the mindset of people? Was it when these programs came into place that allowed it so that people didn't have to go to an almshouse, that they could have the dignity of being able to live in their own home, but that home would now be subsidized by the people? Is that when, when the, 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 the shift changed and the sentiment toward it? We know that those almshouses fell out of favor once social security came and, and that system was put into place. But what was, was that the immediate turn of all of a sudden people who needed that help were now looked down upon as opposed to taken care of. So I, I don't know. And maybe, maybe I'm having an idealized version of what that was like back then because the, the press accounts that we have from the time are idealized versions, but it seems to me like it was, you know, people understood that not everybody was able to take care of themselves, but also I think the people who could take care of themselves did. I don't think there were people who were just inherently lazy and said, you know what, I just don't want to try. I'm just going to go live at the poor farm. Uh, and even the people that lived at the poor farm, if they were able, they contributed. They worked the farm. That's how they fed the folks there. So I, you know what that is, by the way, for those of you who... Um, who would be in support of that coming? That that's that's socialism. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. You're next on WBSM. Yeah, Tim. How are this, you? Um, they, this, uh, you know, what's happened in California? There's so much homeless in California because they're losing their ability to pay their high rent, and it, it's just it's just going to happen over here. So it, it's about time because no, they're making it hard for people to own. Um, to own uh, housing because it's so short and it's so expensive mm -hmm. that it's even going to be um, it's even going to be uh, it's going to be the same thing when it comes to rental property. It's going to take a lot of people out of the market and they're going to be homeless. And that's what's happening. And, um, and, and, and the, I don't know if you know what's happening in Atlanta. I mean, I know it's another, it's another state. Vanguard and BlackRock are buying up homes like 
throughout the state, like, I don't know, it's like 48,000 homes or something like that, so they can rent them. They're just buying them up, so nobody will, will, will own them, so they can rent these homes instead of, uh, that's, that's the way it's, it's becoming. They don't want, seems how the trend, they don't want us to own anything, and when they rent it, it's going to make it even worse. Well, I would, That's the way I see it. Yeah, and I would think that if you are, you know, if, if, if a corporation owns more of the land than the citizenry, then that shifts the power balance significantly because, you know, we put more emphasis on landowners as, as being, you know, the, the taxpayers that, that, that are involved in things and, are, and are, are part of the government that makes things work. So, yeah, you have renters that move in there. Are those renters going to be as civically engaged as if they were, you know, private landowners? Well, we're, we're, this is not land. This is actually property. This is our, right. actually houses. You, you know, uh, yeah. But uh, you if, know, if they were, if those properties right. were privately owned as opposed to a corporation, now that corporation is one entity versus these individuals that would have more of a voice. So it gives them more of a control of what goes on. Well, well, yeah. Well, what's what's happening? These houses are so high that it takes a lot of people out of the bracket, you know, to afford the houses and the interest rates. You know. Um, you know, at one time the American dream was was great. You know, um, it was great coming here. Uh, you know, my parents. Uh, well, my 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 mom was born here. My my father came here in uh, uh, back in the sixties. Uh, you know, poor, and he became very successful. Um, and uh, but he he was poor, but it, it gave you an incentive. He had to work for it. But back then, it was sustainable. You could reach the American dream. Right now, you've got to kind of make six times the wage to achieve the Amer American dream uh, back then. So when you talk about the poor, the poor farm, it was easier to help people back then than it is, uh, you know, now. You didn't have so many uh, people that needed help, yeah. Yeah, if people needed help and, and, and you know, the climate back then well, it was different. I, I mean, the people helped each other and it was... Yeah, it was the way it is. You know, you, you know. I remember when I was uh, when I was young. You know, in my neighborhood, we my mom used to get wick uh, at the time because we didn't have much for. Uh, but you know, they used to share the food with the other neighbors because they had extra. So it was, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, but now it's just the company, these, these big corporations that buying out not not properties. They're buying actually homes and renting the homes out because. People cannot afford uh, the, these these homes. The interest rates, the taxes, the the um, the, the insurance is just one thing after another. Even cars, even even vehicles. If you if you think about it, they don't offer zero percent interest rates anymore, and they're actually offering ten year, the ten six to ten year um, to pay off your car. I mean, that's like that's crazy, and it's just very. Uh, it's just, I w hope, I mean, I I hope it doesn't come to that because there's a lot of people, it's, it's greed. It's what happens with greed, and that's what these big corporations are doing. Uh, it, it's for greed. Sure. And it's taking a lot of, like I said, it's taking a lot of people, making people homeless. California is a mess. It's homeless because they can't afford it. Yeah, they have jobs. They have jobs, but they just can't afford to pay for rent. And, yeah. and when you see these homes for two thousand dollars, it's part for two thousand dollars, and people want them. It's not just one or two people; they're going to have probably three, four, so you know, and share the rent. 
so it becomes better that way when they have but when you when the landlord says you can only have when the landlord uh, rents those apartments who knows there's going to be five six people living in there because they can't afford it Right. Think of how many people right. don't want to rent to college kids for that very reason. You know, it's too many, too many moving parts, and whether or not they get the rent. I got to just hold you there because I got some other calls. But you have a good day. Uh, you too, Jeff. Thanks. And five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. We'll squeeze in another one here before we get to take a break. You are next on WBSM. Hi. What's on your mind? Um. Hello. Um. I just want to um, explain my situation as a landlord, and I think this is a problem for people like me. Now I'm a small landlord that just has a couple of apartments and I try and the city makes it very appealing to me for me to sell my house and who wants to buy it one of these big um, you know landlords or companies and they are they'll jack up the the rent to a, a, a price that my tenants can no longer afford somebody like the city needs to figure out a way to keep people like me wanting to own these apartments so that we the people like me who want to keep our rents at a reasonable price because yeah it's it's crazy i don't know how people can afford these you know 12 you know 100 1500 um dollar a month rent rates but somebody like me who tries to keep my rents at a reasonable price it's almost impossible because i'm always in trouble because of the mess that they make outside i get fined i'm not putting that mess out there they are and then when i try to address it they stop paying me my rent. I go to the housing authority. I don't get support. I have to go through this long process that costs me money. And then uh, they have, you know, like we're not, a, we're a tenant friendly state. So it's very appealing to me to sell my house uh, for the rate, for the money I can get. And yeah, the, people are going to pay crazy rents. Like the city should look at that. The city should be able to figure out how to keep people like me who are small landlords who do keep reasonable rent rates and um you know like support us yeah give us help when we have when we have bad tenants that are, that we can't keep that we don't want to keep anymore i'm stuck i'm stuck with lousy tenants that don't pay me who cost me money who destroy my property so yeah i'll i'll, I'll sell my house to a big uh, corporation and they'll come in and make them pay crazy money yeah you know, they don't they have they have more revenue to play with. Um, I don't. You probably heard. I, I, you probably heard about some of these. You know these these programs and these ordinances and these. You know they focus on the problem properties. They focus on these problem landlords. But yeah, you want to penalize the people that aren't doing it right. But you're you're right. There could be some court, some kind of reward system for those who are doing it correctly. Yeah, I, I just want to be able to keep my building, my property. I'm making a little bit of a profit on it with the rent, with the tax increase and the water increase. But I'm trying to be, you know, conscious of the fact that people can't afford these crazy rates. But you know what? The city is making it very easy for me to decide. I keep getting letters in the mail for these companies outside of the the, the city that want to buy it. It's very appealing to me that I don't have to deal with any of this. I, you know, I'm always getting fined. They don't put the garbage in the barrels. They leave things. They leave junk outside. And the landlords keep getting in trouble for this. It's not us. We're not doing this. It's the people living there. And, and as soon as we try to address it, they know their rights. They know they can go a good three months without paying us. And if you, and if you can't, you're already charging a low rent. Now try to go three months without getting a rent payment. And, right. and, and and good luck going to court and evicting them. You know, it's like it's not it's not worth keeping an apartment building. 
But it is for these big companies because they're charging you so much money that if they have a bad tenant, that they, they were, they're making it up on everybody else's increases. Well, thank you for trying to keep doing things the right way as, as, uh, as, as much of a struggle as that may be. Well, you know, I th thank you for for thanking me, but it's not going to get us anywhere. It's like the, the, the culture that we're dealing with right now is very difficult. Mm, it's absolutely. Like, I, I'm afraid to rent to people, get accused of this or accused of that, get in trouble for their neglect. You know, the destruction that they cause in the apartment, the moment you try to address something with them, it, it, it's like that's why that's why the, the, the city is going to be looking at these big developers and um and high increases because they're not they're not making it um worth for people like me to keep our buildings it's easier to just like all right you know i'll take that money put it in the bank invest it and um no headaches right yeah exactly well thank you for the call and thank you for the insight have a good day okay. I, I got to take a break. I'm late for it. When we come back on the other side, you know, speaking of homelessness, uh, Kate Robinson has a story up at WBSM.com. New Bedford is allocating $3 million for housing and homelessness. So we'll talk about that when we come back on the other side. 508-996-0500 or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. The local talk rolls on. Welcome back in 508-996-0500 or hit us up on app chat on the WBSM app. We'll try and get into some of those messages in a moment, but Kate has the story. And if you have the WBSM app, by the way, which is brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing, one of those features that's on the app, one of the many features it has is that you will get breaking news alerts delivered right to your phone. And you just got one a few moments ago about this story. New Bedford to allocate $3 million for housing and homelessness. So this is this comes from Kate's story, which you can read in its entirety on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app, but I'll give you some highlights here. New Bedford officials have allocated $3 million in ARPA funding to tackle homelessness and housing instability in the city, Mayor John Mitchell announced on Thursday. According to a release from the mayor's office, the home ARP allocation plan will go before the city council for approval at tonight's meeting. Uh, and, of course, this comes as Councilor-at-Large Shane Burgo has proposed a motion for the council to put forth a question about rent stabilization for the ballot this November. So what's, what does this all mean? Well, uh, Kate reports here that U.S. Department of Housing and Urban, Urban Development data shows the area in New Bedford with the lowest rents, the southern part of the north end, has seen a 33% jump in fair market rent for one- and two-bedroom apartments since 2020. The mayor's allocation plan includes $900,000 to develop affordable rental housing, $700,000 for shelter beds for the unhoused, $500,000 for rental assistance programs, and almost $600,000 for community and nonprofit support services and housing development initiatives. This is on top of the previously announced $6 million in federal ARPA money for housing initiatives and community development grants, according to the mayor's office. So... Again, uh, New Bedford will receive a total allocation of $3.175 million in home ARP funding once the plan is submitted. So there, there's some relief, some money being put towards some plans to mitigate some of what we're talking about here today. Will it solve everything? No, but it's a step in the right direction, and it maybe gives a formula and a format going forward that can help with uh, some other issues. So let's get into some of these app chat messages. And again, if you want to call in 508-996-0500, 
Uh, Dan in New Bedford says, uh, let's see, let me bring it back down here. Uh, I'm glad someone brought up the idea of the poor farm. That would be a great idea. I've worked with people that have six kids and live a better life than me, and every single thing is paid for. Do you think that's right? Well, I, I'm going to guess it's not as simple as you made it sound, but you did say that they were working with you, so at least it wasn't a complete and total handout, right? Uh, he says, sometimes these discussions make me so aggravated. Pretty soon there'll be no parks or wooded areas because of the amount of people that are packing into this country. Then you won't have to worry about anybody making more than anybody else because there won't be any jobs. Uh, just fear-mongering. Neither one of those things are true, and you know that they're not true. But don't let that stop you from making a ridiculous statement. Uh, let's see what else came in here. Uh, Answered 7 says, I remember when the poor farm used to be a warming center for when you went ice skating at the pond beside it. They would have a fire and hot chocolate inside. This was in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I mean, I think they still had a lot of the, the functionality that it might have had when it was the poor farm. But now, you know, th these days to build something like that again, you'd probably have a lot of people standing in the way of it and calling it socialism. Uh, Jeff says higher interest rates for uh, higher interest rates favor corporate buyers as well because they can afford to pay cash. Big commercial landlords will leave a unit empty instead of lowering the rent to preserve the inflated market rate. And that's right. I mean, when you have the smaller landlords, they can't afford to let that sit empty. So if the rent is too high, they know that they need to lower it. But with these bigger companies, they can say, man, well, we've got enough money. We can sit on that. Uh, so again, 508-996-0500, you are next on WBSM. Yes, um, I was listening to the radio, and I do have a couple of things to throw in about the rent. Sure. I have been in the same uh, same place as many people. I've gone homeless for a while because the rent is ridiculous. And I know it's against the law for landlords to ask for all three. Some of them still do. Um, and... Me growing up, I used to live in an apartment building and my rent was $600 a month. I lived in that apartment building up until I was like 22 and the rent was the same. Nowadays, rent is ridiculous, especially for people being on SSI, being on anything like that. You know, they get help and it's not enough. In some places, they don't, uh, what is it, they don't have utilities included in the rent and most people need that. Um, my fiance, he's a veteran, he gets help. But it's just, it's some days it's hard, and I know plenty of friends that prefer to be homeless because it's easier for them to deal with that. I mean, I understand the city's trying to get rid of homelessness or trying to make sure everybody has a home, but some people choose that as well. And there are some landlords that are slumlords. I've had a couple, I've dealt with them. It's just, I wish, you know, I wish stuff like this would be easier for everybody, but some days it's just, it's not. Yeah, I mean, and I think, you know, getting to the idea of having utilities included, I think that's a nice bonus when you can get it, but I don't know that that's sustainable for a lot of landlords because it's not a controllable situation. You know, you've got somebody that is just going to go on, turn everything in their house and waste money, then you're, you're, you're paying for that as opposed to the person like me who, you know, just has the one light on in the room that they're in and the TV on or the computer on or whatever uh, and, and is using electricity responsibly. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think you're going to start to see that fade away even the ones that do offer it, it's going to start to become a thing of the past. I do agree. Yes, there are. There are. I mean, like I said, there's also the slumlords around, but there's also scummy. If I can say that on on the air, I'm not sure if I can. But there are scummy people who do abuse that as well. I mean, um, housing. I know some housing places like the Boa Vista or Trip Towers. They have the utilities included. Some places don't, and. 
and with inflation and all because of the COVID and stuff, you see prices rising, but nothing never comes down as much as it used to be. Like I said, growing up, everything wasn't as expensive as it is nowadays. Yeah. And I'll admit, I'm 36 and a half. I pay my bills and I make sure everything's done, but it's just like it's an ongoing problem. Absolutely. So. Well, thank you for the thank you for the call. No problem. Thank you very much. I hope you have a good day and you're safe. You as well. And uh, thank we'll, you. we'll take some more calls here. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Hi, Tim. How are you? I enjoy your show. I'd like to chime in on the rent situation. Sure. My daughter, who gets Section 8, was one of the, the people asked to leave the Elm Street Apartments. And uh, she's moved into another one, still owned by the same company. They fix up the insides. I'll give them that. But the exterior has doors falling off, uh, bad, you know, just really in need of care. And that makes these people feel almost even worse. Uh, the outsides could at least be fixed up to look decent for the city of New Bedford and the people that look and live in them, too. Sure. So it, that's one thing that just really upsets me. Well, understandable. Thank you for the call. Yeah, you're welcome. Have Bye. a good day. And let's see if we can squeeze in one more call here before I get to take a break. You are hey, next on WBSM. Hey, how you doing today? Good, how are you? Great. Um, I'm calling uh, just to, I don't know, tell people what's going on. I call the mayor's office also. Um, uh, down at Rock, uh, West Rodney French, a lot of construction going on with Eversource. Mm -hmm. been going on for weeks. Today I'm driving back home down the south end. I'm on the right side of the road. Uh, the road going the opposite direction is closed. The sign says closed, but a car just came flying by there. The Eversource workers were trying to yell at the guy to stop. I almost got hit only because there's three officers, three paid officers, standing in the middle of Rockdale Avenue. I mean, Brock Avenue and West Ronnie French just chit-chatting with each other on their cell phone. If they were at their posts at the signs that says road closed to prevent that from happening, that wouldn't have happened. And if, if nobody believes me, people live down in South End, you see it all the time. There's three guys on duty, sometimes five guys on duty, talking to each other, not even doing their job. Well, that's very sad. They're getting paid $80 an hour or more, depending on their rank. All we ask of them is go stand on your post. That's why they're there for safety, not to stand around a sewing circle talking to each other. That's, I mean, nobody has to believe me. I called the mayor's office. I said, please don't believe me. He sent a rep from the mayor's office to just go park near there and watch what's going on. You'll see it happen every day. If I can make a There's suggestion, no accountability. No accountability. If, if I can make a on the site. If I can make a suggestion, maybe reach out to uh, to to the Ward Five uh, Ward Six Councilor Ryan Pereira, uh, or um, uh, Councilor at Large Brian Gomes, who's the chair of the Public Safety Committee. Reach out to them only because the mayor is out of town, so he might not get that message for a while. Yeah. Uh, so if you reach out to them, they may be able to do something about it a little bit more immediately. Well, I appreciate that, but I mean, I'm just calling as a concerned citizen. I mean, they're not getting paid by the city or by us directly, but it's shown in our uh, Eversource bills because that detailed money comes from somewhere. It doesn't sure. come from, from heaven. Um, but it just, just all we ask, and I respect the police, we need police, but we just ask them to, and we're in the public eye, do your job. 
and where you're supposed to be controlling traffic. It's there for safety. Because if we didn't need them for safety, why do it? All right. All That's right. all I have to say. Thank, well, you. thank you for the call. Have a good day. Right. And uh, very quickly, let me uh, read uh, an email that I got. Uh, and then I'll read an app chat message uh, on the rental situation. I this comes from Bella. I think we do anything. I think before we do anything on rents, we should work on controlling prices on taxes, water, interest rates. If we can control all of these, then we can go and say to the homeowners, "We are only going up a percent, so you can only go up a percent." And this will help the situation on rent prices. Have a great day, and you as well, Bella. I think that that is that's something that I mentioned yesterday and earlier. I think that's a concession that you should probably make for. The landlords, if you do decide to go forward with this rent stabilization plan, have a plan for them that you can present to them to say, hey, just to let you know, we are also going to make things uh, a little bit more controlled for you as well. If you can give them those assurances, it might make them feel better about what they can do when it comes to raising rents when necessary. And then real quickly, El Jefe in Fairhaven says, the small-time landlord that... that just called is the face of many of the great caring landlords that the city is losing and her problem should be what the mayor city councilors and the state should be focused on to support these homeowners i applaud her call and her efforts to keep the area decent absolutely and that's referring to a couple of callers ago the the um, woman who said that she wanted to keep her home that the she's rent the keep the building that she's renting out but that it's becoming more and more attractive to sell it to one of these larger corporations that are making offers but that you know she would rather hold on to it to be able to do things the right way rather than see them come in and raise those rents but that there's just too many challenges to do that i have to take a break we'll be back in a few moments after the big gun Since it'll be time for bill o'reilly after that it'll be barry richard after that it'll be howie carr after that, it'll be South Coast tonight. After that, it'll be Mark Levin. After that, it'll be Charlie Kirk. We have so much great programming here for you on WBSM. Why not keep us with the, with you all day long with that WBSM app? You can listen to the stream. You can listen to the podcasts. It's all brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. All right. That's Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And then South Coast tonight this evening. And uh, the city council meeting tonight as well. We will have Adam Bass there covering it, and he'll be reporting on all things that happen at the meeting. So that'll, that'll do it for me for today. Until tomorrow, enjoy every sandwich. WBSM and W2. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.